Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. Well, we're continuing a message series today entitled The Greatest Storyteller. And so if you're new here, we've been taking a look this last few weeks of some of the greatest stories that Jesus Christ has ever told. Um, If you're not familiar with the Bible or not familiar with Jesus, um, individuals like ourselves would typically back in those days ask Jesus a question and Jesus would pause as only he could do. And instead of answering it, he would either ask a question or many times he would begin with a story. And by the end of that story, he would take you on a journey. And by the end of that story, he would hit us right here because all of a sudden we would understand amazing principle that we would need to apply in our lives. And we've been doing that the last few weeks. And the thing that I would challenge you today is um, we're going to unpack a story that you might or might not have read in the Bible. It's a story of the unjust judge and the persistent woman. And uh, it's not one of those stories we talk a lot about, um, but there's so much to be able to glean from it. In order to set us up there, we're going to be in the book of Luke. You can follow along on the screen or you can follow along in your Bibles or your version Bible app. But in order to set that up, you see some boxes up on the stage. And it kind of reminds me today, there's a show on in the mornings and, and and if you're able in the summer times and different things, I'll have to be able to record or DVR it. Um, it's Let's Make a Deal. And Wayne Brady is the individual who hosts that show. And let me, I see some people around my age or older. Uh, Monty Hall. Uh, Monty Hall was that guy. Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady today. But uh, Let's Make a Deal. And uh, um, all of a sudden he would sit there and he would go into the audience. He would talk to the individuals. And the thing that I love to see is he would say, do you want to keep what's in the box? Or go to curtain one, curtain two, or curtain three. And you'd watch the individual sit there, oh, I don't know, the box looks so big, and oh, the curtain, it's scary, I don't know. they go back and forth, and uh, they would pick a choice, and sometimes behind curtain number one, they would get zonked. And uh, there would be nothing behind it, and they lost, and then they open the box, and it's $7 million under the box, and then they they go, they get really sad, and they, you know, get depressed and everything else. No, I'm just teasing, I don't know about that. But what I loved about it is, is many times the individual would look at Wayne Brady and they would say, do you want to keep the box or do you want to cur- the curtain? And she would, or he would sit there and they would, they would pause. They would look at the audience. And, and I love the audience. We all scream like we know, like, yeah, it's the curtain. It's the curtain. Yeah. If we were in that position, we wouldn't know what to do. And all of a sudden Wayne Brady would look and say, okay, do you have a decision? Uh, do you have a decision? And the person, I don't know what to do. What should I do? I don't know what to do. And we get stuck in that state where we're really panicked and we don't know which which way to turn. Well, Jesus is going to tell a story and he's going to challenge all of us with the story because in times in our life, when we have to make a decision or a choice, where do we go to for our advice? Where do we draw from for our decisions? And just like, let's make a deal. Jesus tells an incredible story. And so in order to unpack that, we're going to go Luke chapter 18. We're going to begin in verse one. And again, you can follow along on the screen here. Let's go. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never, never give up. So pause. Now, if you're someone who got dragged to church today and you don't want to listen to any more, uh, just listen for the next 30 seconds and you go to sleep for the whole message. Here's the point of Jesus's story. Here's the end of the story. Bottom line, you have an amazing, loving God who cares deeply about you, who loves you more than your spouse, your siblings, or anybody else on this earth ever could. 
And what Jesus is saying is when you have a need or when you need to call out and cry out, you can always, 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 always go to him. Never give up. No matter where you're at in life, never get to a point where you feel like he's not listening because he is a God who created you and loved you more than life itself. That's the story. So now for those of you who like a really, really, you know, Cliff Notes version, go to sleep. But if you really like to dig into Jesus' stories and you really want to see how amazing of a storyteller he is, we're going to jump beyond just this whole story and we're going to take a look at the characters that Jesus portrays in this story because it gives insight to you and me. So let me unpack the rest of the story. Here we go. There was a judge, Jesus says, in a certain city. He said who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman's driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think that God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant you grant justice to them quickly. So again, Jesus looks at us and says, there is an unjust judge and there is an amazing God. And even the unjust judge who was getting pestered and pestered and pestered by this woman, even he at the end said, because of her consistency, because she pestered me because of her passions, I will grant her justice. How much more will a God that loves us, how much more will this God grant our requests if we're persistent with him? It's an amazing parallel. That's the end of the story, but there's so much more. Because if you really, really dig into the story, here's what Jesus was really doing. Jesus was trying to get you and I to look at all the characters of the story. And there is a character known as the unjust judge. And in that story, it said this, that that unjust judge, he he neither cared for God nor people. Let me ask you a question. Those of you that have read the Bible, if you haven't read the Bible, it's okay. You'll learn it in a second. What are the two greatest commandments that God has given us? To do what? Love God and to love people. And Jesus unpacks a judge who doesn't care about God lives his life not caring or believing there's a God and lives his life not caring or loving people. And so what Jesus wanted us to do is to sit ourselves and to take a look at this story and to ask ourselves the question, when we make decisions in life, do we love God and love people in it? In every aspect of our lives, do we act like the God that created us where we love God and love people. And no matter what the decision or what the qualification in our life is, is that as we think about it, as we're about to make a deal, so to speak, do we think of God first and people at the same time? Or are we like the unjust judge where we neither care about God in the moment or don't care about people in the moment? Now, many of us in this room, if you're like me, Terry, I absolutely love God. Absolutely. All of my decisions. I do the best I can. I'm pretty good. And, you know, ask my wife and we'll just make sure, you know, just don't ask her at the wrong time, but ask her, I do great. Do we really? And when I say we, I mean we, because I'm going to put myself on trial in front of you today. Because I think if we were to categorize our decisions we make in life, I think sometimes we would absolutely know that we fall short. So when all of a sudden you're faced with having to make a decision, what about morality? 
That's a big churchy word, but morality is right or wrong. Morality is right or wrong. And so where do you get your picture of right or wrong? If you're new to church, let me ask you a question. Where do you get your answer or wisdom when it comes to questions of what is right and what is wrong? Not just the simple basic questions, but the real difficult questions. How do you advise your son or daughter? How do you advise a sibling? How do you advise a boyfriend or girlfriend? When they come to you for advice, where do you go to in order to get your wisdom? Well, there are some of us in this room where we would like to say, well, we go to God and we go to the Bible and everything else, but do we do that all the time? You see, there are many of us times like me that when I render a decision, whether it be to my spouse, to my child, I don't first look to God or look to people with wisdom. I look within myself. And sometimes when I look within myself, I fall very short. If you're taking notes, I want you to write a few of these statements down and I want you to analyze your position right now. When it comes to a question of right or wrong, Ask yourself these questions. When truth becomes more about feeling than fact, you become your God. When truth becomes more about feeling than fact, you become like an unjust God. Let me explain that. There are many of us that render decisions all the time. And when people ask us, why did you do that? And say, you know what? I felt like doing it. Well, you know, and many of us, we answer, why did you do this? Well, you know what? She did this. He did this. And so all of a sudden, our morality is not necessarily based on a set of facts or principles. Our morality is based upon the response of another individual, the gut feeling that we have inside, and we begin to live our lives as men, women, parents, grandparents, by pouring down to others and showing them a decision that's not necessarily based on any type of fact, but is based purely upon emotion, and what we feel. And if you do that, that in the moment when you make the decision, you're thinking of yourself before you think of God and you think of people. And you might, like I have many times, start looking like an unjust judge or God. What about finances? Now, don't worry if you're new to church, I'm not going to talk about tithing, I promise. But when it comes to finances, when do we make our decisions and how do we make our decisions? And when all of a sudden God places a need in front of us, how do we respond to that need? I can promise you this, and I'll put myself on trial. There are many times when a need pops up and the first thought is not God and people. The first thought is, hey, I only got 20 minutes. I don't have time for this. And so again, I start looking like this unjust God where in that moment from a finance, whether it be your time, your talent, or your treasure, your stewardship, I don't look at God and look at people first. I look within first and I start looking like an unjust God. Are you like that? Let me put this phrase up. When the thought, how does that affect me, comes before, how will that help them? You become your God. Try that today. When all of a sudden there's a need out there, what's the first thing you think about? If it's yourself, your time frames, your family, you, like me at times, we start looking like this. And what Jesus was trying to say is, Terry, in your life, if you want to look like that, then loving God and loving people needs to be at the forefront. What about parenting? There's a lot of parents in this room and a lot of grandparents in this room. And a lot of us, God bless you, and a lot of us in this room, many of us, when we sit and we think about parenting, we say we try to do our best. We try to do our best job. Here's the most amazing thing about parenting today. Did you know that in parenting today, and I feel bad for those of us that are are, kind of a little wiser than us, is today there's a 24-7 babysitting service. Did you know this? 
It's incredible. And you could literally have it at your door and in your house within minutes. Did you know this? If you don't, just get ready. You're going to download the app and everything. It's amazing. It's trusted, everything else. So here's the point. There are many times in babysitting that as a parent, when you're tired, I mean, we deserve a break, don't we? Amen. I mean, some of you are sitting right now and this is the longest you br- break you have from your kids as a church. That's why you're here. You're not here to hear anything or worship. You're here because you get a break from your kids. But did you know that you can have relief? And it's really simple. It's a screen that's about 6.6 inches. And all you have to do is take it out of your purse or take it out of your pocket and hand it to your child. You can hand it to a, a one and a half year old and they know what to do with it. And you can have instant quietness for a good 30 minutes. It's an amazing babysitting service. You don't believe me? Go to a restaurant and take a look at a family of four and take a look at the two kids. Sometimes take a look at the adults. We talked about this last week. But here's the point. Parenting is not about watching children, and we're going to illustrate that later. And we can start looking like an unjust judge as a parent because we're not loving God and we're not loving our children. And let me show you why. Take a look at this. When what is best is replaced by what is easiest, you become your God. When all of a sudden there's a decision made for your family and for your kids, and it's more about you, I'm tired and exhausted, I'm not going in the backyard to play catch. I'm tired and exhausted, I'm not going to spend 10 minutes of time conversing with them. I have no idea what Fortnite is or what weapon it is, I'm not talking about it, just get away from me. And when parenting becomes what's easiest as opposed to what is best, you can become an unjust God. There's a couple more. And I promise we're getting to a point. Work. There are a lot of us with professions, whether you're in the balcony, on the floor, watching online, we have professions. And there are many of us in this room that would love to say, Terry, I want to look like Jesus. I want to be like God when I, in the workplace. I want others to look at me and to know that I worship Christ. I mean, I don't want to be overt. I don't want to smack people in the head with Bibles. I don't want to do that. But I want them to know I have good character. I want them to know that I'm kind and loving. I want them to know that I love God and I love people. And I hope and pray that they do that. I want to show you something because there's many of us that when we go to our professions or we go to our workplaces, it's not necessarily about what other people see in us. It becomes much more. And I want you to take a look at this and write this down. When position becomes more important than people, you become your God. When all of a sudden, how far can I climb the ladder becomes more important than how much can I love my coworker? You become like an unjust judge. There are many individuals in this room and I know you and I know your heart and you just can't help it and you struggle because in a moment of a conversation, you will take the open door of an opportunity to build yourself up to climb the ladder and shove someone else down so you can stomp on top of them. And many of us say, no, I never do that. Do you really? One last one. In life, you ever hear of keeping up with the Joneses? Are your decisions based on what you know God wants you to have or are your decisions based on what the neighbors have, what your friend has? And many of you in this room will say, no, Terry, that's not me. I'm going to show you something in in, in just a second, but I want you to write this down. When looking like is more important than being right, you become your God. When looking like, I know it might not make sense and I know it might need to be right, but you know what? They have this and it would be better for us, so we need to go ahead and do this. Well, you know what? I know we don't have the money right now, but you know what? I'm going to go here and they all look like this. And so I need to look like this. And so I don't care if we go into debt. I need to have it. And when looking like becomes more important than being right, you become your God. You don't believe me? I'm going to show you a commercial. It's a commercial by Lincoln Mercury. 
And it's very famous. It's one of many commercials that have gone out in the last few years. And I want you to see this, and I want to just show you and illustrate how sometimes looking like can drive our decisions. Take a look at the screen. That's a big bull. I think that's old Cyrus. 1,800 pounds and do whatever the heck I want. I can respect that. Now, what in the world was that commercial about? Now, let me share something with you. When Matthew McConaughey became the spokesperson for Lincoln Mercury, brand recognition for Lincoln jumped 100%. Sales for Lincoln, when Matthew McConaughey came on as their ad spokesperson, jumped in that year 25%. So here at our church, we're going to be really wise. Pastor Jim is going to go ahead and rent a bull, and I'm going to ride a bike right here on King's Highway. We figure if it works for Lincoln, it'll work for us. But you don't think people make decisions based on, I want to be like Matthew McConaughey. Trust me, ladies, I understand. Some of you are waving your fan, and it's not because it's hot in here. But many of us make decisions because we look at it and we say, oh, I want to be like him. I want to have that. If I have that, it makes me look better. And so it's not what's right. It's what we look like. And so what Jesus is trying to say to you and I is, do we live our lives and in the matter of making decisions, do we love God and love people? Do we go to the God who gave us life? Do we really surround our lives with that kind of wisdom? Or do we look like ourselves and an unjust judge? So let me stop beating all of us up for a second and let me jump and we're going to go to the other side and we're going to take a look at what it means to live a life and make decisions like Christ would call us to. Let me bring you back to the story. This is what Jesus says. This is Luke 18, 6 through 8. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. And his point is, is what an incredible God that we serve. That if we make decisions, if we cry out, if we ask for his wisdom, how much more will he not answer us and bless us with the decisions that we need? Decisions of right or wrong. And so in this room, if you struggle and you say, Terry, I don't know what is right or wrong. There are many times I I don't know the Bible. I've never read the Bible. I don't really understand. I don't know what I need to do. Immorality, if you begin to trust God and you begin to trust his word as the answer to right or wrong. And let me say this, many of you, 84% of you in this room have never read the Bible for cover to cover. So if you're new and you've never picked it up, don't feel like you're in a place where a bunch of people know more than you. You aren't. Here's the point. In that Bible, there's a lot of confusing things. Trust me. You can read the Old Testament and you can see a whole lot of stuff you never thought was in the Bible. 
But when you read the Bible and you begin to understand and grab context, you begin to understand how everything interacts, how everything weaves together, and you begin to get a clearer picture of what right or wrong is. And when that becomes your compass, then statements like this might reign in your life. When truth becomes a necessity and not a liability, you recognize God. Write it down one more time and I'm gonna explain it. When truth becomes a necessity and not a liability, you recognize God. The reason why many of us don't go to the Bible and we don't read and we don't base our decisions off of it is because we don't like what it says. There are many of us who don't pick the Bible up because we know we're not living our life the way God would want us to. And so why am I gonna pick up a book that's gonna tell me that I'm acting foolishly? And so many of us avoid the Bible. We avoid going to church. Right now, you're getting your toes stepped on and you don't like it. You're not dare turn and look at your spouse or your girlfriend or your boyfriend because you know what they're thinking. And that's the truth. But guess what? You're in good company because we all understand that. So when truth becomes a part of God, I don't care whether I'm right or wrong. The only thing I care about is looking more like you. And so whatever you say, I'm going to do and I'm going to try. And I'm going to fail, but I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to try again because morality shouldn't be based on what I feel. Morality should be passed down to my kids to let them know there's a loving God who loves them and loves me. So immorality, right or wrong. And finances. When you handle your finances with an open hand rather than a closed fist, you recognize God. When you're in the moment and you're able and God taps you on the shoulder and says, there's a need there, Wouldn't it be great? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I pray for this. God, I pray that in that moment, I don't think of my schedule. I'm a type A at times. And I am the guy who is there 10 minutes before my appointment. I try. And so for me, when all of a sudden there's a curveball for me, it's difficult. And so when God puts that in front of me, here's my prayer. God, may I stop thinking of my schedule first and may I think about the opportunity I have through you first. And when we're able to do that, boy, it's amazing when you have an open fist and you live a life. Let me tell you a story. There are friends of mine from Fort Lauderdale and they started their own family business. It was in the medical field. And I'll never forget when they started, they were praying through and they were really worried. They were highly educated, highly successful. And I'll never forget after a few years, they reached over $1 million as a company. And I remember celebrating with them. And they were like, isn't this amazing? We give all the glory to God. Now watch what happens. I remember walking with them and all along the way, when they were making their money, they kept giving more money away. And I remember looking at them and I'm saying, wow, you guys are amazing. You just, you're you're sponsoring this. You're blessing this. You're giving towards this. It's amazing. And they said, Terry, we can never outgive God. That's the one thing we've learned. We can never outgive God. And I'll never forget when they made their first million. And I'll never forget the day when they came to me and they crossed $1 billion in revenue. This family, the reason why I talk about them is they give more money away every year to what God has in front of them than I've ever seen any other couple. And I've never seen God bless a couple more. They can't stop. They come to me all the time. Terry, it's amazing what God's doing over here. And so we've just decided to adopt another charity and we're going over here. It's incredible. So when you have an open fist instead of a closed hand, God can do amazing things. Parenting. When you stop watching children and start training children, you recognize God. I want to tell you something. If you see me with my son, Connor, please don't come and tell me, oh, so you're watching Connor today? Where's Jennifer? Don't do that. I'm not watching Connor for Jennifer. I'm a parent. And it's a privilege for me as a dad to pour into my son. If you're a grandparent, you're not watching kids 
you're a grandparent. And when we stop watching children and we stop giving them iPads and iPhones, and trust me, there are days, trust me, but when we stop subletting our responsibility and start taking ownership and we start realizing we're training the next generation and we start doing that and we start owning that, we start looking like God. Because what a blessing our children are, even though we want to strangle them sometimes. Last but not least in work, when your purpose matters more than your position, you recognize God. Oh, to not look to your left or right. Oh, to not look behind you. Oh, not to not wonder, does people notice me? Am I getting ahead? Am I striving? Oh, to just trust God and to say, God, every day lead me, every day guide me. And God, I want to be like you. And so in every decision I make, may I love you first and love people second. And I promise you, if you were to live your life like that, people will notice and you won't have to worry about climbing a ladder. Jesus will do that for you. So at the end of this story, and I'm done, which do you look more like? I'll be honest. There are, that list I gave, there are some that I look more like this than I look like that. And that's my homework. But in the end, here's what Jesus really wants for all of us. When we walk out of this room, let's make a commitment today that we do not want to be like this and that we want to be like this. For some of you in this room today, you might not believe a thing that I've said. And I want to share something with you that's pretty amazing. Because Jesus actually talks about, you know what? I'd rather you be all in here or all in there, but I'd rather you not sit here. I'd rather you understand and own that you're here. And I'd rather you understand and strive that you're here. But please don't sit in the middle. Please don't leave here today and say, God, I'm going to be more like you. And then out of the other side of your mouth, you do exactly opposite of what God says. Don't sit here. You don't believe me? Watch what Jesus says right after he finishes that story. He says this, but when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who actually have the faith? And faith is putting it into action. It's actually believing and trusting and following what God does. Who has the faith in this room to move from here? He doesn't want you to be lukewarm. He says this in Revelation. Look at this. This comes from Revelation chapter 3, verse 15, 16. I know all the things you do that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Don't sit. And do you know why? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I promise. I said I'm done three times. I'm done. I promise. Guys, I want to skip to the last two slides. I want to share one thing. If you live a life to where you talk to God and you say, God, in a moment, give me wisdom to make decisions like you. I want to be like this over here. If you live your life in such a way to where you do that every single day, then watch what happens. God speaks into your life. You make a wise decision. That wise decision affects your family, affects your future, affects others. And every day you get better and better and better. Guess what kind of life you're living? You're living a life of faith and you're living a life with purpose. And I want you to write this down. When you take steps of faith, you choose a life with purpose. You show me someone with purpose, I'll show you hope. You show me someone who says, Terry, I'm struggling, and you give them action steps to help them, I'll show you someone who leaves with hope. You show me a life with no hope. I'll show you someone who's destitute. Last note, 
A life lived with purpose is a life filled with hope. Don't sit here. Moms, don't sit here. Dads, don't sit here. Business leaders, don't sit here. Choose what side are you on. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you for an incredible story. There's so much in that one story. And God, at the end of the day, you just want us to be able to look to you and to be able to talk to you, to be able to listen to you, to be able to glean from you. Because the more that we talk with you, the more we become like you, the more we become like you, the more our decisions become like you, and the greater of a life of purpose we will lead. God, I don't want to be like the unjust judge. I don't want to be someone who doesn't care about you and doesn't care about people. But God, forgive me in the moments, in the categories of my life where I live like that. God, help me. Help me in those categories every day to get better. So God, I lift every family in this room, every single adult, every student, everyone watching online. I just pray that we would not sit in the middle and be lukewarm, but we would make a decision to walk out of this room to become more like you. Father, we bless you and we thank you that we can never give up. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.